0: you're about to enter seventh heaven if you like this pod then you can show your support by rating us five stars and hitting that little subscribe button to help us climb the pod rankings and spread the sevens gospel if you're looking for extra content you can go to our youtube page or our social channels twitter and instagram our handle at seventh heaven pod again like subscribe share and we hope you enjoy the episode are, and welcome back to your celestial one-stop pod for all things Rugby Sevens. That's right, you're back in seventh heaven. We brought you the men's Olympic preview last night, but it is time for the women's. Last night, we were joined by Ruri McConaughey and the walking Sevens Wikipedia, Rob Vickerman. He's back again for a bit more action, but I've upgraded for the women's edition. We've got the sorcerer of the microphone of Southern Hemisphere Sevens. Ah, we got Ricky Swanell up in the clouds. It's great to have you both. Let's talk some sevens.
1: Well, where do I go from an intro like that? Far out. We've had <laughs> a high note early.
2: Well done, mate, you nailed that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: It's all down here that. from
0: here, downhill from here, guys. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm already stumbling. I'm already stumbling.
2: How are you guys? How's times in Tokyo? Come on, Ricky. You're the special guest. You answer. Oh, thank you.
1: Um, no, well, look, it's it's Certainly interesting. I'm, I'm not confined to my room as some. So there's a um, small mercies. We uh, I'm a ten minute walk from the broadcast centre, the IBC. So I'm allowed to walk. Um, got a great local convenience store which stocks uh, a fine array of all sorts. Um, Uber Eats, I think I've got sorted now, and I'm ready to ready to crack into some sport. Really,
2: this could quickly turn into some sort of Sauvignon session, actually, couldn't it? With just Ricky giving us the lowdown of the best ones to drink. I've I've got the
1: Asahi Gold. Well, I found the go a little right uh, Chilean, a Chilean dropper set in the in the local, which they restocked today. Um, having been here a week already, I think I'm the only one buying it, so I'm quite pleased with the restock.
2: You you um collect empty bottles, don't you? Which just sounds so much better than alcoholic.
1: <laughs> you are casting aspersions on me already? Vitamin is going. This is going to go well. This could be a long podcast.
2: Well, to be honest, I gave I gave. Burns a fair bit yesterday, and I realised that he hasn't left his room since. So he's probably reflecting quite a lot on it. So I thought we'd just move on to a bit of Kiwi bands.
0: Yeah, I, so I see the low blows are coming in nice and early. So it bodes well for the pod. Look, if Seven Heaven is guilty of one thing, it is probably being too Great Britain and England centric. So just to give some background to our listeners, the Ricky uh, works for Sky Sports NZ. She's one of the voices on the World Series 7s. She's out here covering all manner of sports for the Olympics. So she is one of the most in-the-know people when it comes to sevens, men's and women's. But we're focusing on the women's and she's going to be trying her best to not be a traditional biased, smug Kiwi about her nation's prospects coming into this tournament, even though we all know what the Black Ferns are about. And um, we're we're looking forward to extracting a bit of knowledge from you, Ricky. What's the feeling from New Zealand? men's and women, coming into this Olympics?
1: Um, men and women. Look, the the men, the, the New Zealand men came in to do their media with uh, their media conference today. They came into the main press centre, so mainly, obviously, Kiwi media, a few internationals as well. First thing was that Tim Mickelson came an absolute gutter, um as he walked into... press conference, so if you get a chance to have a look around Instagram, you can find it on the All Black Sevens or it'll start to do the rounds of the actual It's
2: on yours as well.
1: Or mine. (laughs) And it was so funny. The poor guy, he he just went down and he's six foot plus. Um, and we all kind of went, oh, and then hoped he was okay and then got up and and he he very good naturedly took all the grief that we well and Clark Laidlaw in particular gave him. But um they were pretty relaxed, the guys, the, the men's team. Um, they uh they were in Townsville, they had a bit of a lockdown in Townsville for a couple of days. Of course, then they lost Sam Dixon, who did a hamstring like on the last training session before they came over. And apparently it was like it, it, it wasn't a really bad injury but it was bad enough that he wouldn't have got through this tournament. So he was replaced by Amanaki Nicole who's his flatmate. They live together. Um, but from what I gather too, it was really emotional the selection of of the New Zealand men in particular, um, like good emotional, but quite a yeah, quite quite emotional among the Kiwi guys. Um, so that was that was um big yeah. So the guys are good. The women have just got here, they stayed in Townsville longer. Um, so they've actually only just arrived. They got delayed getting out of Townsville, then they got delayed in Brisbane, they had to get another test. They had to get Sarah Hiddeny um on an earlier flight because she's actually one of the New Zealand flag bearers at the opening ceremony. So she made it in time and the rest of them are just arrived. So they've already been away a month. Um, the New Zealand teams and they won't be back you know they've got to do two weeks in a hotel after this as well so they're going to be away something like seven eight weeks but um, so far so good I think aside from them falling over and and missing flights
2: Have you seen it Bernsey? It's a good one It basically goose steps I know I I haven't seen it He somehow accelerates (laughs) on the way down It's quite impressive It's almost as bad a trip as yours in Japan so far mate It was spectacular
0: Literally worst tourist in Tokyo award going right to me. The laptop debacle, the isolation. I mean, I've finally got some beers. I Uber Eats some beers to me and now we're podding. So it's all good. Um, Look, for people who are just tuning in only for the women's preview, we did discuss in a bit more length last night on the men's preview. One of the major themes is that it's going to be 13 per squad. So all the teams are going to be allowed to select 13 players. And then for each game, they're going to be allowed to select 12 from that 13 and put them into the game. So that's an extra dynamic that you touched upon there, Ricky. I think, am I right in saying that Will Warbrick has been selected as the 13th player for the Kiwi men? But I couldn't find out who's going to be the 13th Kiwi woman.
1: So, um, it's Tanika Willison for the women. Uh, pretty experienced player, been around a while. So a completely different approach from the women because for the women, she's a, a more of a playmaker style as opposed to William Warbrick, who can who can play out wide. And, and the men have really looked for for versatile players. I know there's been a lot made of Caleb Clark not being in the team, um, but they, you know, William Warbrick can kind of switch between a, a few positions. But yeah, for the women, they don't really have. I guess they wouldn't. They didn't really have that kind of powerhouse option to be able to bring in. So they've gone for an extra playmaker in Tanika Wilson.
2: Um, you got to get into though, just in terms of this Kiwi women. How incredible personalities are they? I know we saw a lot on social media, and we see a lot the wider world. The sevens talking about it, but you know them, you know intimately. The incredible set of people. Yeah, they're they're an awesome
1: bunch, and uh, like. You know i guess when you have a lot of success too it can go one of either way and um they've grown in, in in stature like what we would call a new zealand mana um is what they carry but they're just genuinely good people and like i probably I, I did a story with with sarah hidden well, gossie um when she was then before the rio olympics and she was a young young captain um and just to see her grow and and the person and, and the personality but they're they are just they, they are genuinely good people. Um, they are genuinely as close-knit um, a unit as they appear on on their Instagrams and, and when you see them in tournaments and all of that. Um, and, yes, they are hugely successful as well. So that probably always helps, doesn't it, to, to make a team um, – Tick along nicely, and and to make everything seem rosy, but they are they are they are a really cool bunch. Like the sort of people that you wander down the street, you bump into them, and in New Zealand you tend to bump into people quite regularly that you know because everybody knows everyone, um, you know like Kelly Brazier's wife is her, her is really good family, friends with my family, that sort of stuff um, and they are, they'll are they stop and have a yarn, always got time for you to ask about different things, they're great with kids, um, I think they really are very aware of their position as they are effectively the first female professional rugby players um, in New Zealand and you know they are full time professional not like the Black Ferns 15s and so they take that on board pretty well but yeah they they're cool. They're just genuinely good people.
0: Uh It's worth giving a bit of a wrap as well to Sarah Goss because she's going to be the flag bearer as well for New Zealand. There's, we spoke about this last night. There's actually going to be five flag bearers yeah. because uh, Rostilla Nagasal of Fiji, Jerry Tuai, Nate Hiriyama, and
2: someone give me the well, fifth. it's not Sarah Goss. She's, she's, changed, she's changed her name to be fair, mate.
1: It's one of, one of the one of the Kenyan players, but I can't think who it is off the top of my head. Is it? It's not. It's not. It's,
2: it's is it Collins, not Collins? Unless it's Andrea Monday.
1: I'm Got to be Collins today. I'm, I'm sure it's one of the one of the Kenyan players. I can't oh, it's, it's Andrea Monday, it is. isn't it? Ah, uh, yes, it is. Yeah, it yeah.
2: is. He's 38 of 37. Yeah. Andrea He's Monday. incredible.
0: The bull, the bull god. Yeah, I reckon you'd have to cut Collins and Jera in half and count the rings to get his age. Who knows? Who knows? That guy's been playing so long. Look, all right. So, like New Zealand, really tight, cohesive unit. But let's talk about their rugby. No one's beaten them for forever, forever. I mean, when it comes to like sure things, sure odds. I mean, I've never really known a team in a rugby competition to be so heavily backed as these Black Ferns women. Like. W- I mean, can you see anyone beating them? And also, how does that weight of expectation, like not just from your own country, but from the rest of the rugby world, weigh upon them? I know that they're like a cool and relaxed and chilled out bunch who just go out there to love playing rugby, but it's a huge amount of pressure for them.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, and I think obviously that that, that Rio situation um, when they won the silver medal in Rio, that that weighs that that is, you know, constantly replayed for them. Um Clark Laidler actually said it today in the in the press conference with the men. He said, any team that wears a black jersey has expectation on them. And that goes for the women as well. And rugby, you know, we just, that's just how it is. Um, and I think they take that upon themselves. But look, I I looked back and did some stats um in one of my very nice notebooks. I can see Vickerman having a little smug grin at that um there. And
0: you're, big, you're a big you're a big stats geek.
1: Oh no, I'm not a big stats geek, but I'm I'm am I'm a bit of a prep I'm a bit of a prep geek, and I do like some nice stationery. So I've got different notebooks for different things, and so I pulled out my um my sevens. World Series notebook. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and went back and had a look through, you know, old results. And and they've won since Alan Bunting and Alan Bunting took over, and, and him and Corey Sweeney as co-coaches post Rio. They've won, It's a ninety-four percent winning record. Um, and that included the Commonwealth Games, the the World Cup, the recent Oceania's, and uh, that fast-forward tournament they played in in Hamilton a couple of years back, and then plus all the World Series tournaments. So it's ninety-four percent. Um, I, haven't, I have to find the number, I'll, I'll dig it out because I've got it on here, um, of what that translate to. Numbers-wise in terms of how many matches um, So they just I, I, I think there's not a lot that Phases them now, they've been in lots of different Situations, and but I think If, if there is going to be one thing, and, and Vix and I Have talked about this, or one team That will challenge them, it will be The USA women, because um, They are so big and so physical, they've got Some out-and-out speedsters and well, some real game Breakers, so I think that's the team to challenge Them, because New Zealand are quite a small Side by comparison, they, they Don't have the enforcer in Niall Williams here of course she got ruled out just before the start of the tournament and that was god watch that on Instagram and dare you not to have a cry um so that you know she was kind of that a bit of the enforcer um so someone needs to step in and be that real workhorse take her role um but yeah I mean they, they've just got they've got so many options and they've got watching them in Townsville at the Oceanis a few weeks ago Michaela Blyde has looked in sublime form and Portia Woodman I think is a better athlete than when we last saw her on the World Series
0: Oh, what a relief. (laughs) 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 Look, look, Vicks, that brings us pretty nicely on. We're basically talking about Pool A here, by the way, everybody. Um, To GB, who are in New Zealand's pool alongside Russia and Kenya. And we're talking about that physicality. And that's one of the things that you identified from the St. George's tournament, that you felt that GB had a bit of biff about them that might be able to go toe-to-toe with the Kiwis.
2: Yeah, I did do. And that's always what you got to do. I think, you know, in terms of the size factor, though, genetically, they're miles off the USA team. I'd say the French are probably closest to the USA um, to compete with New Zealand on that front. But the thing is with New Zealand, and this is the the thing worth getting into, is that professionalism that they've got and it's that fitness and skill set. And I think that's perhaps where only GB can match them because they've been full time for as long as they have been. First team to be made professional. Um, behind New Zealand so I think it it really is bringing those elements to their game that they're going to have to do well I do think though even comparatively the physicality is a long way off what New Zealand bring Um, and I'd say probably I'd question their pace a little bit one of the standouts at St George's was Ronald Lloyd and she hasn't made it so I think you know you've got Deb Femmel you've got Celia Kwanzaa as the two kind of effectively trying to be the blind jazz
0: jazz joyce as well
2: yeah i think you know in terms of having the prop wing combination is what i was trying to say like for the for the woodman Blide oh. combo because porsche would prop that either score with blind on one side or porsche would then drop back to the right and then she would score so you know if, if jazz joyce is going to be in there then that's the similar type of pattern that gb will play but i do think there is a sizable gap between gb and new Zealand.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, think so. I was surprised if they didn't pick Rona Lloyd, and I wondered with GB, too, I'd like, I think it's a good squad, it's a solid squad, but I just wonder where that little bit of X factor is. Um, you kind of know what you're going to get. Maybe, maybe Jazz Joyce is it because we don't see her as much on on the World Series. Um, it, that, that that was maybe what they were just lacking a little bit. And I, man, I God, I take my hat off to GB and and what they've gone through to even get to this point. Um but I was, yeah, I was surprised that, that they didn't go with um with Rona Lloyd too.
2: Yeah, it is spot on. you actually think about how New Zealand play the game. And if it isn't the two wings that do the damage, then they've got Brazier in the middle. They've got Gail Broughton who can just step for fun. And that's where there's an extra dimension to the, to the Black Ferns. You don't get that with GB because, as you say, you've got Meg Jones as the playmaker. But other than that, you're probably struggling. The person who does the most damage from what we've seen in the build-up is actually probably Abby Brown in the middle with the half-break offload and she's gone because she's got a bit of pace about her. So... Really interesting how that's going to match up, and and this is like the same with any sevens team. You can normally deal with one or two threats, but it's when you've got seven across the face of the line that's really, really quite tough. And uh, you didn't, yeah, she's she's looking good as well.
1: We haven't even mentioned Stacey Flula as well, who was World Series oh, Player yeah. of the
0: Year. Oh <laughs> man, she she is just my favorite player, the smiling I could watch assassin. Flula just play all day, the smiling assassin. I mean, how good just to have her in the game? She's unreal.
1: Yeah, she's a great person. She played um she played a lot of 15s last year in the in the Farah Palmer Cup in our domestic 15s competition, um and cut ca- like carved up that comp. She was, you know, in fact actually her Portia Woodman and Ruby Tui were the top three top three try scorers in that competition last year. Um and they and she almost almost got them to win the title. They they lost by one in the final. But um yeah she's she's become a, a bit of a superstar at home as well, Stacey Fuala.
2: We didn't even mention Ruby Tui, did we? That is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't just talk about New Zealand. We can't just talk about well, New They're going to be household names. They're
2: going to be household names in about two I mean, weeks.
0: So we're, we're settled. They're winning Paul A. They're winning Paul A. Just one last thing on the GB team, and you touched on it there as, as well, Ricky, that, so Jazz Joyce, and then you've got the two Scottish girls in there, Lisa Thompson and uh, Hannah Anna
2: Clark,
0: Smith. Yeah. A, a t- uh, how, how do you think they're going to cope? Because in terms of top-level experience, it's slim compared to everybody else.
1: Uh, and this is, this is a whole whole different level, isn't it? You, you sometimes wonder how the non-crowd factor will actually help or hinder some. And, and I think maybe that sort of lack of the roar of the crowd might, help a few of the, the less experienced players or the less experienced team. But a couple of those Scottish girls played in um, Berets in at the end of the 2019, 2019 season. I know, time doesn't, God knows when it was. Um, the the <laughs> World Series final. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it might've been last week. I don't know. Uh, and they were really impressive. Um, and, you know, and, and they didn't look overawed by, by that occasion. I mean, they, they were outclassed a couple of times, but they scored some really good tries um, and there was, you know, I really enjoyed watching them play. So, um, with the experience that they have around them with the, with the rest of the English women, I, I wouldn't imagine it'll be too big of a deal. And I mean, Jazz Joyce has played on some pretty big stages now as well.
2: I think it would be a different conversation if it were a, a double leg event because they just haven't experienced backing up tournaments week on week, but it's not as it? it's two games a day for three days. So I think it's a very different prospect.
0: Um, Look, the other big name in there is Russia, who won the Monaco Repechage, or their half of it. Um, Plenty of tries from Elena's Rakova. It's going to be their first Olympics, having missed out last time. They're prevalent on the series. And then the other team in there is Kenya, who typically are powerful. Their key player, probably Janet Akelo. But let's talk about Russia and what sort of upset they might be able to bring to both New Zealand and GB.
1: Obviously. I mean, who knows with Russia? Like <laughs> every time I've watched the book on they can look utterly dreadful one game and then brilliant the next. Um, generally, I've seen them be utterly dreadful in their first couple, and then they'll come out and they'll make a quarter final and, and push other teams. Like I, I'd, I'd never back them on anything. Um, just <laughs> you, I've got no idea.
2: Uh, that Monaco tournament was. <laughs> did nothing, really. They were putting 50 points on everyone until they played um, in the final, where it was a bit tighter. But they're, they're so, I guess, I want to say segregated, but they, the language barrier is massive for them on the series. So you'd never really get to know them too much. They're not, you know, promoting their self as much as, say, Ricky Swan would. Um, you oh,
1: know, they're very oh, insular oh.
2: and... So you don't know too so much about them, but when you look at their individual performers, and you have to get up to speed here, burnsey because these marriages are throwing you off, mate. But Alina Tiron is one of the best athletes on the series, and then you have got Karmadova. No, no, no,
0: no, no. You're you're mixing up your Russians. Mm-hmm. Elena Drakova is 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 a different player. She's yeah. the wheels. Thank you I very know. much. She's
1: the wheels but out. Tiron, wide. The yeah,
2: is, is key to it. All. Yeah,
0: you're think You're Mikulsmer. thinking. Their, you're thinking of their captain.
1: Elena, yeah, yeah you're
0: thinking of. Mik- yeah, you're thinking McElsford, he's now Tyron. So, you know, back in your back in your box, Rob Vickerman. I,
2: I said it before you had a chance to get it wrong, mate, because, you know, Sarah Harini has been around for a few years now. And and we mentioned Karmadova. So when, when you get Karmadova and Tyron in a sevens team, then you do have a chance. But I do think across the board um, that they're, they're probably going to struggle a bit and, and they'll find that it's a significant step up from Monaco where they're putting 70 points on teams.
0: <laughs> just lasting on that name thing I find it so hard not to call Stacey Flewis Stacey Wacker because I just think that's one of the coolest names out there it's a real shame to say farewell to that but you know times do change right so we're saying that New Zealand we're saying GB are getting through from that group yeah.
2: well again it's three teams isn't it so yeah well this is yeah this
0: is three the teams, three teams depending on how for so GB Russia and New Zealand so Let's look at pool B. We've got Canada, France, Fiji, Giana, and Brazil. So this raised up something interesting because probably Brazil are like a markedly weaker team and this might play significance in who's going to be one of the best third places in that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you look at you look at I think with Canada if we start with them um gosh, they've had some off-field turmoil in the in the last year or so which it has sort of been kept very in-house and um, it's kind of one of those things everyone sort of has wondered what is going on and it's obviously not been great and it's, they've kept it pretty private and, and that's um, fair enough. So they come um, after all of that. I look at their squad and I think, you know what you're going to get there. Are, um, there's some cracking players in there. They were, before the, the series got canned before COVID, I think they'd, they'd made three or four, three finals. They were, you know, they were really, really consistent veteran squad, um, but again, yes, yeah, I, I do and I'm like, I know, I know, you know what you're going to get. You know how to scout them. You know, you've got Landry you, and Ben and, and that Charity Williams is, is, is the flyer, um, rock solid, but no surprises with them.
2: Yeah, I think they're another team. I mentioned with their men actually in the previous pod that um, just had not, no build-up whatsoever, not only no build-up, but the, t- the turmoil that we have seen, which we don't know a lot about, but you can't imagine it's anything other than significantly disruptive for them, so... I do feel. I actually read. It was a couple of articles I read. Um, Patrick Johnson said about them still being medal contenders, and it just it really shocked me. I go, oh god, yeah, medal contenders. You know they, they have got a chance, but they haven't even entered my thought in terms of those final matches, really. Um, and that's because they haven't been that prominent in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I'd definitely still have them as medal contenders, but based based on what we saw pre COVID. Um... So it, it, I guess it's just a matter of how much this last year and a half has impacted them.
2: I have the French as medal contenders. I don't have Canada as medal contenders.
0: Yeah, I'd have the I'd have the French over the Canadians. I know that, like as you said, the reprochage really didn't show us an awful lot because of the weakness of the other teams that were competing in there. But I mean, France performed well on that last World Series, and they've got some blockbuster players in there as well. You can break games, and and they and they obviously they beat. New Zealand as well, didn't they? I know it seems weird to like hop back to that World Series it seemed so long ago, but that's got to be significant, like in their own mantra, that they're like, Do you know what? We're one of the only teams to have beaten the Kiwis in the last like three years.
1: Yeah, I like France. I, I like France in the last um in the last couple of couple of years. I think they've got um a couple of real workhorses, um, Golday, and then you've got, you know, some speedsters you 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 know like a still funny player like that I remember I think watching watching her first tournament so um but it's funny because they they hadn't had a great series pre you know back in the day back when we did all this I had gone the other way, so I had based Canada as being a medal contender on that, and almost forgotten a little bit about France. And probably that's because of you know being in the opposite time zone, so not sort of seeing as much or or hearing as much, and also not being able to read French um, is a bit difficult when you're trying to you know read about what what they're doing as well. But absolutely, they'll be right, right in the mixer, um, and would definitely have them in contention too.
0: Um, I want to talk about Fijiana. Because and you you're gonna be the expert here, Ricky, because you called did you call a few of their games to the Oceana Sevens that just went
1: down? No, I wasn't I wasn't Townsville? there.
0: Were you on the mic? No, for that? I wasn't
1: there, they don't want to let me go to Townsville, I had to stay at home. I tried, they wouldn't let me go. Which well, probably not a bad thing because I probably would have got stuck there and never made it here. So
0: true, true. Well more well, more's the pity though, in terms of Arthur Giana, a potential surprise package, having beaten Australia. 19 points to 12 in that Oceania 7s. Look at their team. I mean, they came eighth in the last Olympics, but I mean, they were like a bit of a, they're almost like a new side. They were a bit of an afterthought back then. They've got a completely new programme. They've got completely new players and beating Australia in Townsville, that is significant. Yeah,
1: it's hard to know if that's more of a reflection of where Australia is at or where Fiji Mm. is at a little bit. She's she's
2: getting it early. So Ricky started the demise of Australia now. I haven't
1: got the demise of Australia. I just think they're battling at the moment. We'll get to Australia. No, no, no. Because I yeah, I'll just we'll get to them, but no, it's hard to know. And and the other the flip side being, you know, Fiji is is one that have been completely shut down. And and I think that for the, particularly for the men but also for the women the way the state of things in, in Fiji I think it's going to be a really emotional tournament um, for them uh, just because things are really really bad there at the moment and they have been completely grounded. I mean, at least, you know, New Zealand and Australia were able to arrange their trans-Tasman competitions. Um, you know, New Zealand's got a squad of 20 professional players, so they were able to have internal hit-outs like the Australians. And, you know, the European teams have been able to play each other. So Fiji have, pardon the pun, been an island kind of out there to themselves. <laughs> um, and, and, and so there there is that element of unknown. And a bit like Russia too, that you that you don't know what you're going to get with them sometimes and they can look great one day, terrible the next, um, discipline can be a factor, but they can offload, they've got pace, they're strong, um, you know, they've they've got all of that ability. It's whether they put it together um, in, a, in a tough pool against Canada and France um, and notwithstanding that, Brazil, Brazil have got a couple of players that can strike against them as well.
0: Yeah, looking at looking at the shakedown of like how the pools all end up. Like, if you're going to say that New Zealand come first in A, and we'll just say we'll just say that France come first in, A, in B, then Fiji say they would come third, and then Russia coming third in Pool A. New Zealand are going to play either Fiji or Russia, or France going to play Fiji or Russia in the next uh, in the next round, which would make things interesting. So, what do you what do you think about Brazil? Can they do anything out there, guys?
2: <laughs> no, and my only fear about Fiji is they're the loosest team on the series. Fiji could quite feasibly, Fijiana could quite feasibly finish a tournament with four players. That's how loose they are. Um, When when you see them play, they're offloading, they're great. But then suddenly, when they're in defence, they do some crazy things. And I said before about the men, with discipline now such a factor, it just takes one ill-timed tackle and your tournament's gone. And that's a real fear for Fijiana.
0: Is this the legacy of former... England captain Chris Cracknell, his DNA <laughs> on Fiji, Fiji, Fijiana and leaving a red card uh, philosophy behind.
2: <laughs> he, yeah, he got a few fans, I reckon, Crackers. The old shell was back in the day. But actually, speaking of him, he he was the perfect player to play against Fiji because he was so in your face. And when you rile the Fijians, they stop thinking about their fancy offloads and just think about trying to jump on your head. Um, so just as well with the men. I think you can really frustrate the women. And, and there's times we've seen them on the series where they do lose that mentality and just implode. So what are we saying group,
0: uh, sorry, pool B, guys? Uh, we've got Canada and France as the one, two, maybe France edging it over. I think France, you think France, Vicks. You think Canada, Ricky? I'll
1: go Canada just to be a contrarian.
0: Uh, yeah, and then Fijiana coming in third in the mix to get through to the Cordes, which brings us neatly. On to the moment that Ricky has been salivating over ever since we logged on tonight. Pool C containing USA, China, Japan, and the floor is yours, Ricky, Australia.
1: This, this is like some sort of, this is some sort of stitch up. This is going to make me sound like the typical Kiwi against the Aussies. But
0: it is no, not I'll, I'll the case. You. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, I, I've, read, I've read that up all in the name of having a bit of, a bit of crack from a man who hasn't spoken to another real life human being for five days in a hotel room. So, no, it's, it's, it's all coming from a learned place. But Paul C., as I said, Australia, USA, China, Japan. Let's talk about Paul C.
1: Well, I think I said it right at the start. I really like USA. I think, um, they're big, strong, physical, fast. They've got some game breakers. Um, they've got someone like Lev Kelter who can cut a team up through the middle. They've got wide players like Ma and Kirshi. Um, I think they've got a lot about them. Uh, they know that they can beat New Zealand. They've done it before. Um, it's whether Kelter is one who can every so often have a little bit of a brain explosion. So she needs to you know, stay on the field for a start, um, and, and i yeah I, I think they've got they're almost uh, the full package i really like the usa is whether as i say they've beat new zealand is whether they have the belief in it when it gets really tight um when the pressure comes on in in a, in a medal match um can they can they stay composed um throughout i th- but I've, i think they're a really strong squad.
2: What about you, Vix? No, I agree with that. I think just looking at the draw again, it comes down to where they place. So if they do uh, go well in Pool C, if they do top it, then clearly they'll avoid um, New Zealand, which everybody wants to do. Um, so yeah, interestingly, if they do come second, it's it's a little bit more of a difficult route for them. But love everything about the USA. I think what they've done is is really scan the market for athletes and then turn them into rugby players. Which I know Mike Friday is constantly talking about, but his his lieutenant Chris Brown is very much of the same ilk. So get them in initially just to be units and big and strong and fast, and then upskill the rugby. And I think that transitions very well, certainly the women's sevens game, because how do you stop someone that's just bigger, faster, and stronger than you? It's it's a really difficult concept when you have got that power to overcome it. And I think they're gonna they're gonna really surprise a few people. What about their form though?
0: Right. So I hear you on the the athleticism. I see them on the kickoffs. They are unbelievable kickoff reception team. But in terms of form, they went out to Madrid and they did not perform very well. And then they went out to Dubai and they didn't win out there. They had to come home early. Their recent hit out was a lot more promising in Los Angeles. But uh, yeah, the athleticism, yeah, like they've got all the ingredients, but is it creating a marvelous medicine?
1: Yeah, I think. And going back to what I was saying about Kelter, um being that that X factor player, I think they are really reliant on her to create. If they don't, if if they if their big strong ball runners are, are contained, they're reliant on Kelter to create. It's not like, say, in New Zealand that you know, as Vic said, there's a there's a Brazier option, there's a. Nathan and there's a brought in to come off the bench. So um, they've got those, they don't perhaps have that many options in that area. I mean, I, I just don't know how much in terms of form recently you can read into, given the circumstances and the way things have changed. Um, for for every team, they've I know they look like they've had just judging by their Insta, some, a good camp um, before coming in here to Tokyo and, and, and seem in, in good spirits. They've got a pretty look like a, a well connected team, and they're they're listening to Chris Brown, who's from New Zealand, um, um, listening to his message. So, in a, in a one off game, if they can string it together, and that's what you know, a gold medal match eventually is uh, you know a one off, and um, they certainly can do it. Yeah,
0: it's probably like. So arguably, like Pool C is like one of the most important groups out there because whoever finishes first, as you said, Bix avoids New Zealand, and they've got the potential to set up uh, one roll of the dice final against the out-and-out favourites. So we got China and Japan in there, and with the greatest respect, I'm not sure that anyone would anticipate them to trouble the medals. And also, due to that, you probably argue on points difference that that would free up a third-place progression for Pool A and Pool B, which brings us on to the reigning gold medalists, Australia. So, Vix, we're going to start with you, mate.
2: Yeah, Ricky only promised to come on this if she could have a good run-up to Australia. Um, so I'll let her go second. <laughs> but no, I actually, I've been speaking to a fair few people about this because it is going to be quite an interesting story to go from gold medalists to potentially not being and why that is. And I think if you look at how that team have evolved, I think one of the biggest things about that that Australian team was losing Tim Walsh. I think as soon as he did leave and step aside to the men's program, you could see their identity completely changed. They had to change a few things. They brought in some brilliant youngsters. But I think they're quite a way off from what we saw in Rio. Um and I think it's always going to be difficult to that and often it's said in sport, isn't it, that it's always It's the easiest thing is to win and then the hardest thing is then back it up because you've got teams constantly raising their game against you. So I think they've really suffered from that and some big personalities within the team have probably been splintered a little bit and I think taking away Leah Green has got that thing that we mention X-Factor all the time in sport, but rugby specifically, she can transform games and her not being there, I appreciate the youngsters coming through, are highly regarded, but that shows to me how far off they have gone because you wouldn't ever let something as good as that and as raw talent as she is drop off. And I think that's probably quite a familiar thing across with three or four of those players.
1: Yeah. there are a real conundrum as to, as to where things are going, but like a couple of times, um, watching on the, the Oceanias, that like Elia, gosh, she's such a wonderful player. She got just done all ends up in defense um, a couple of times. I think they really, really miss Alicia Quirk, Alicia Lucas, um, because she was just such a, a workhorse for them and allowed Kaslich to, to do what she can do now Kaslich, watching her both in the Trans-Tasman when they came over to New Zealand they came over to the, for the series in Auckland it was almost like she was having to do too much she's always that, like the, the hustle on defence, she's trying to keep the tempo going um, taking all that, all that on so I think they really miss her, obviously Chloe Dalton, that just sucks, her getting ruled out um, the way she did having come back and this, she, you know, she had surgery, she'd got herself, it is such a shame for them. And I, I think that's obviously had to change their plans a little bit. A couple of those youngsters are really exciting. I know um, Shawnee Maloney said that this, the Maddie, uh, Medicine Levi, he was really impressed with her, but huge, um, huge, huge ask for them to, for her to, you know, come in and really step up. Interesting. I had someone say to me well, today or something like that, if this 13th player rule had the Aussies perhaps known about it sooner, they may have picked Elia Green, um, knowing that they could have said, you know what, go go and play, um, you only have to play three games and or you only have to have, you know, this much effort. Um, and they could have carried her a little bit more. So, but because that that rule seemed to be changed quite late, um, that they they weren't able to do that or they just decided not to do that.
0: Yeah, it was such an extraordinary omission to see Elliot Green not make it. I mean, it was one of those where you're you're reading the social media posts and you're like, you know, Have I read this right? Like, am, am I hallucinating? Like, so crazy to see her miss out. I'm really glad you brought up the the 13th player rule because the teams that have selected wider squads have definitely benefited from this late change. Like, how big of an imbalance do you reckon that could that could prove to be? I'm, I've spoken to someone connected to Australia as well, and I think that not specifically to Elliot Green, but it did get mentioned that it might have changed the makeup or the approach. Definitely.
2: Name your sources.
0: Um, Cannot name my sources. Cannot reveal. Yeah, my sources?
2: it's become a tactical play, hasn't it? And like in any game, you you want to try and get an advantage, and if you can bring in that absolute ball of a player and say, right, you can do two minutes every other game. Why would you not look at doing that? So I think, yeah, teams have had to adjust to that, but. But there's many things as you know more than most, Bernsey, that are pretty unique in this situation. Uh, May
0: my, my only source could possibly be the hotel concierge here who brings up my lunch every day. That's the only, that's the only person I'm speaking to. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it,
1: um, interesting. Um, yeah, that's certainly, so, like Clark Gladwell, again, he, he said today it might just allow them to, to sort of manage a couple of guys early on or girls early on, protect a couple of players if there's a few niggles or given the conditions, and the conditions is something um, interesting too. I don't know if you guys talked about it with with your men's preview, but um, what the weather may do and, and how big of a factor that could be. I mean, I know for a start it's going to be disastrous for my lid because humidity and rain is is not ideal um but you know like that that skill defensively um if it is like you know torrential rain um that could be a big factor as well
0: that is so un-british of us shame on us, aspects we haven't touched talking on the weather. weather at all i did of course I mentioned the, the weather
2: once. I mentioned it' didn't
0: I? Mate, that's
2: that's it that, that's an icebreaker for us usually from the northern hemisphere well just to a- to talk, I'm sure I did last night. Anyway, we're saying that it's With been 30 yesterday. degrees pretty much all week. Oh, that was it. Okay. Um, it's expected thunderstorms, slight typhoon, and then very much rain for the first four days of next week. So, yeah, absolutely. The humidity is one thing, but when it's a wet ball, as we saw in the 2019 Men's World Cup, when that ball gets slippy, it's just carnage. Um, but typically, Ricky's first thought was her appearance. It's just relentless.
1: Well, usually I'm used to not being on camera uh, so and I have to be on camera over here and it's not, you know, my favorite thing. So um, i and these aren't my optimal condition. It's very hot. I bought a, a my fan, my, um, my portable fan, USB chargeable portable fan arrived on Amazon today. So um, that might be a saving grace. As
0: you, as you can see from where Vix is conducting his podcast from, he's got an only fans obligation coming up from his beds that, He's going to be live streaming, obviously, later on, so...
2: Burnsy, I you know. know you've been on your own a lot <laughs> in your room, but we do not need to be hearing about your OnlyFans subscriptions, mate. Just leave have that there. Got,
1: like, a book, have you got a book up there as well, Vix, to make us think you're a bit smarter than you are?
2: Hey, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> fake law. Well, i
1: The secret, yeah, the secret barrister. Barrister. Uh...
2: Novels, mate. Well, I know you're very well read, Ricky, not mm. Burnsy, so I thought I better, I better at least blag it. Good. Um... um. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but you, in all seriousness
0: you've got to go to the second Vic so we better wrap this up because we've all got an opening ceremony to get drunk watching so Paul C I mean we're saying Australia and USA are getting out you guys are going USA coming out one I'm, I'm going to go Australia I'm going to mix it up coming out one and could create a showdown final
2: yeah it's good that someone's opting to be Ron Burns good job it's you
0: well it's all going to
2: come out in the wash isn't it from
0: Thursday onwards next week so yeah, we'll see, mate. We'll
2: see. I I tell you what, it will it will change the game of sevens if yeah. USA sevens do very well at this tournament for men or women. Yeah, I think man, that, would, that would be think awesome, about. wouldn't it?
0: It would be good. Um, right, so it's time for winners. Uh, we went with Caramel Stallions lost last night for the men's because there aren't any dark horses in there. So. I've been thinking long and hard. We're going for grey mares. Grey mares for the women. Uh no dark horses. Um, oh, because everyone's got a good shot. We're
1: gonna do that.
0: Is that is that is that allowed? I don't know. I don't know if I'm straight. Is, is like, I genuinely Googled what is a female horse called. I'm not like looking to I'm not looking Philly. to Philly, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, sorry, <laughs> grey Phillies, grey probably Philly. safer than cords. Phillies, we're going. Oh, I didn't want. I didn't want to get myself into hot water. All right,
1: lucky you can stay in your didn't room for to... another week and nobody will see you. Nobody will
0: know who you are. Okay. okay. Media blackout. Media blackout. Grey fillies. We got grey fillies. <laughs> Dark horses. USA. Yeah. USA. So who's so who's your winners? Are we all go New Zealand. We all go New Zealand. aren't we? Well,
1: I'd have, I'd, have to Zealand, my, and then, I'd have to revoke my passport if I didn't. Anyway, so. <laughs>
0: And then who's who's her outside Philly then?
2: France, bronze. I was
1: just going to say Ooh, France. I was going to sick. say France as well.
2: You can agree with me. Don't worry about it. I will oh. remind you consistently.
1: It'll be, it'll be your first time for everything. Then I'm going to agree with Vex. France is the grey Philly. Uh,
0: and, oh, well, I've got, I've got to go for someone different now. Huh? I'm going to go GB. I'm going to go GB. Why not? of patriotism at the death in seven in the seventh heaven right vix you've got to go haven't you
2: yeah well it's been a pleasure always good to chat to uh to ricky less so to you bernsey but thanks for your time mate
0: ricky can i just say what an absolute pleasure it's been to have you up in seventh heaven and we'd love to welcome you back anytime and i've had a blast and i'm sure our listeners are going to uh as well when they're listening back to this
1: i hope so it has been my honor it's um my first time we've just met and I think we've got along famously And now uniting against Rob Vickerman who I hadn't seen for a year and a half and I'd forgotten um, that he is Dennis the Menace but I must admit even with the, the World Series break I, I might have missed him just a little bit and, and the last two days have probably said that it was just a little bit.
2: There we go. Ah. The highest order. Thank you very much.
0: L- looking forward to ganging up on him with you Ricky. Right, that is it for another episode of your celestial one-stop pod for all things rugby sevens the men kick off on monday the women on thursday they do not miss a minute they're going to be two tournaments you're going to wish that you'd watched and you're going to tell your kids about it but until next time from all of us up here in seventh heaven it is adios